2: From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell.
0: You heard it, I'm R.J. live from Las Vegas on 200 plus FSR stations across this great nation. It's a Thursday, a lot of NBA talk, conference tournaments, and the small colleges heating up. Also... Oh, NFL, it's like the old Friday night, nighttime soaps, drama, and more drama. Now, listen, drama is something that is interesting by definition. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. I'm a pro, but you can't have pros without Joe's. He's in L.A., he's Jonas Knox.
1: Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got a potential glimpse into the future in the NBA, a doubleheader on TNT later on tonight, and multiple best bets, what is the Vegas lead here on a Thursday?
0: This was a close call because I think the discussion with Zion and Luka, it's going to be fascinating. We'll be talking about that in the next segment But it's got to be Las Vegas lead, Tom Brady again.
1: Yeah, that's right. Tom Brady and we await, the world awaits, the NFL universe awaits. What the decision will be, will Tom Brady be a patriot moving forward or will he head into free agency? Yesterday there was an Instagram live conversation with Dana White. Everybody is speculating the whereabouts of Tom Brady come 2020.
0: (laughs) Where's Waldo? Now, here's the thing to think about. How much does this really matter when it comes to winning a Super Bowl. Because we always make the case, and I think it's something you got to do in life too, what is the rules of the game? What is the goal? What are the rules of the game? Are you trying to win a Super Bowl? Are you trying to fill a stadium, sell seat licenses, etc.? cetera? I think it's a big, big question with Brady. If your goal is to win how impactful that it is. Now, that sounds crazy. Tom Brady, the biggest winner of all time, the GOAT, he's at an age, and this is not inside information, we haven't seen quarterbacks perform at any level that matters at this age. I mean, literally, if I say do expect Tom Brady to be an above-average quarterback in 2020 NFL season— would be the first time a quarterback his age has ever been above average. Do you agree with that, Jonas?
1: Yeah, at this age, nobody's played
0: this well. So if I say, hey, I have an investment for you. It could pay off big time. It's not cheap, but it could pay off big time. You'd say, well, historically, how often has it paid off? I'd say never, but I feel good this time. Isn't that what the Tom Brady bet is if you sign him, that he's unique, he's unlike anyone else, and he'll be the first person, first quarterback ever to perform exceptionally well at a given age, at this age? Isn't that what we're asking Brady to do, is do something no one has ever done?
1: Yeah, and, and the reason why the conversation gets interesting is because he's he did it at 40, he did it at 41, he kind of did it at 42, but you have seen glimpses to where age really is becoming a factor. And
0: the reason I pause there is because logically you're right, whereas... If in the middle of a career, someone has a bad year, by definition, almost everyone has a bad year. Jordan, Michael, MJ in his second year hurt his foot, was out a vast majority of the year. You could have said injury prone. You could have said whatever. As we look back in hindsight, it's pretty easy to say in hindsight that, oh, that was an aberration. That was a fluke. As we look back with Brady, we can look at various points of his career and say, "Oh, there was a downturn there. Oh, he hurt his knee." But when you reach forty, when you're and plus, and you're in a place that no one's ever been before, it's it's a long shot. It's an unlikely bet. Fezzik has him number nineteen in the quarterback rankings. I don't think that's necessarily pessimistic. I think that is a a nice realistic estimate. So why so much drama over the 19th best quarterback? I get it, right? I get why we're talking about it because everyone else is talking about it. We've got odds on it. Why? Because everyone cares. So let's look at those odds, but let's understand history tells us this is far from a sure thing that Tom Brady will be an above-average quarterback, and it's hard to really Fathom that with almost 20 years of his excellence. Peyton Manning had about the same amount of excellence, at least other than Super Bowls, and we saw him go from as good as he ever was to way below average very quickly. When, the, when you hit the wall, it happens fast. Current odds right now, I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. Tom Brady, his next team. New England stays the favorite but less of a favorite than yesterday. Yesterday, New England was minus 200. Now, New England, minus 175. So we're looking at 62 63% chance New England. Jonas, we've talked about it. Every day that passes, it's less likely he signs with New England. The deadline, March 17th, if they don't sign by March 17th, New England, The likelihood of Brady being with the Pats goes way, way down. The cap hit, the financial side of it, by 10 plus million dollars, it's less likely after the 17th. Do you agree with that generally?
1: Yeah, and that's why it's interesting. Bob Kraft said something a week and a half or two weeks ago, to where there was a report that Kraft's thinking was let him test free agency, you know, let him see what it's all about, and then maybe he'll come back to us. But I get the feeling that if he, hit, he if he hits free agency, that's a wrap. He's signing somewhere else, and it's not going to be New England.
0: I agree with that, but I, I think that <clears throat> I think Kraft was saying. Listen, we have you under contract because the 17th has two meanings. One is when the contract ends, and thus he could sign elsewhere, but it's also when the financial consequence gets really bad for the Pats. If they do resign him, it becomes less attractive. And I think with Kraft, and tell me if you agree, it was him saying, hey, I know you're under contract. Go talk. Don't feel like you're doing anything wrong. Go look around. But I think it's under the assumption they got to make a decision before the seventeenth.
1: I read it as Bob Craft wishfully thinking that if I go to if we let him go see what else is out there, that ultimately he's going to see where the best spot for him. But you think that's post March seventeenth? Well, when he officially takes visits and starts talking to teams. Okay, because to me it's
0: almost like saying, "Hey, you're you're thinking of getting married. You're not sure if you should or not, and now the question is." well, how much is it going to cost to have it at the Four Seasons? And it's like, well, if you decide now, you can have it for 10000 But if you decide after a certain date, it's 30000 Like, I get the idea you want to wait and figure it out. But once it triples in price, it, it, the bar goes way up to actually think you should do it, right? Well,
1: well yeah, and that's why I don't necessarily buy into it. I, look, at this point, I, I'm a firm believer that I think Brady wants to stay in New England. I I agree. I think the fact that the day after he had this conversation with Bill Belichick that didn't go well, quote unquote, the day after he's doing Instagram Live with Dana White begging him to go to the Raiders, that felt like Tom Brady didn't like what he heard in the meeting and needed some sort of leverage publicly. And so there he was with Dana White on Instagram Live. It just doesn't make sense.
0: Well, I think all of this from Brady has been, and in the analogy that I gave weeks ago, was if you're Tom Hagen in The Godfather and you've been the right-hand man of Michael Colleone, and you've seen him whack out his brother-in-law, all the five family heads, when it comes time for Fredo to get his and two, do you think, I don't think he'll actually do his brother, will he? No, you think this mofo is going to whack out anyone he needs to, and I better make sure if I go against him, That I've got some power. Brady's seen Belichick be heartless, and that's not a negative word. You could say it's great for football, or you could say, oh, win a little bit less, but have some heart. We can all decide what that means to us. But what we know is the Patriots under Belichick are heartless. They're about winning. They're about dollars and wins. Brady knows that. So if Brady wants to finish his career in New England, and I think he does, why? Because he has the best chance to win there. Maybe with the exception of San Francisco, being the alternative that they could win just as likely. Those are the two choices. And I think Brady wants to win more than anything. But I think all of this effort on his part, Dana White, whatever, is about gaining leverage. So the Pats treat him in a fair way. He wants to stay... If they're fair, but if Belichick is thinking, huh, this guy's a a slightly below average quarterback, how does it work? If Brady thinks he's top 10 and Belichick thinks he's 20, how do they reconcile? I'm not sure, but Brady realizes whatever chance he's got, it's being from a position of strength, not weakness. And I would make the case, not saying you agree with me, but I would make the case if you look at his actions – From Brady's actions, is there one action he's taken that wouldn't be consistent with me saying he's trying to gain public leverage so Belichick feels like if we completely disrespect him, we're going to get some heat from the fans, we're going to get some heat from Kraft, and he's trying to make it uncomfortable for Belichick to treat him the way that he's treated everyone
1: else. Oh, 100%. That's that's what this is all about. And his own dad, his dad said this a, f- uh, a couple of years back when he said, look, uh, it's probably going to end bad in New England. His own dad was on the record as saying this. So they've known that this was a possibility and this is how it was going to go potentially. I just, I just I would love to know if you had to pin the Patriots down, Bob Kraft, Bill Belichick, and you were to find out which one of these teams is at, do you feel most threatened by in actually signing Tom Brady? I would love to know the answer like well, the question
0: is are they even threatened though
1: that's and that's the point like do any of these teams concern you if Tom Brady signs with Tennessee are you all of a sudden reevaluating what the direction of the franchise in in the AFC based on Tom Brady going to the Titans It's why I've thought, if they let him no. walk, if they let him walk, that tells me a lot about what they think about Brady and what he's got left.
0: That is exactly right. And and to wrap this segment, I think it's fair to say this. If you're correct, and I think you are, that Brady's preference is New England, then New England could have had him easily by making an offer that Brady thought was fair. By definition, if it's money or more likely year two of this deal, I think it's about Brady wanting two years and getting to forty-five. He would hate to play another year with the Pats, and then have to go somewhere else next year. If anything, now is his time, right? It's like a. uh, I mean, I I'm not sure what the analogy is. Like back in the day, it would maybe would have been a different analogy. As you know, obviously there's a lot of guys that are youth obsessed when it comes to marriage partners, and the idea is, hey, if this, if your girlfriend wants. To get married, and you're saying, if we don't get married, I'm out the door, for a lot of guys, if the girlfriend's a certain age, you're thinking, hey, I don't want to lose her. If it's later, they're thinking, oh, I don't know. Does it really, you know, is it as bad as I thought? Now, obviously, love is supposed to transcend that, but oftentimes, love doesn't, and oftentimes, football is not love. <laughs> so, to some degree, what's so hard for us, I think, if you're a Pats fan, You know, I guess the analogy is Boston, right? Danny Ainge was around when Larry Bird and McHale and Parrish, they were legends, and then all of a sudden the team got old really fast. And the team didn't win for quite a while. But the fans got to see the end of Larry Bird. Now, was that a good thing or a bad thing? When Ainge was the decision-maker... When the big three with Garnett, Pierce, what happened there? They got shipped out of town for a boatload, and Boston never missed a beat, really. Now, if you're a Boston fan, Jonas, which do you prefer? Would you rather win steady, or would you rather feel like your connection to that legend meant something
1: at this point i'd rather win steady um i i think if he were to leave patriots fans they're going to be bummed out but you know what packer fans were pretty bummed out when brett Favre left and he went to a division rival and last I, I saw they retired his jersey in lambeau they bring him back all is forgotten over time all this stuff is forgotten at this point i i think majority of patriots fans would rather win consistently than just hold on until the very end so so if that's
0: the case, and, and and I think that that probably it's split pretty 50-50, then if that's the case, I think that Belichick is being right to be a little ruthless here. Because obviously if they have a bad phone call, it's not Brady like Mother F in Belichick, right? right. I mean, chances are it's a situation where uh Brady's looking for a certain level of love and he's not getting it, right? I mean, yeah. wouldn't you guess that if they had a bad call, what could be the source of that bad what could have happened?
1: Yeah, I think Brady thought that maybe he would be treated a little bit differently than some of the other guys that they've they've walked away from late in their careers and and maybe he's slowly finding out no, I'm just a, I'm a spoke in the wheel. that's this is how this goes.
0: Yeah, it might be the most important spoke yeah right it's <laughs> still a spoke. All right, when we come back, we're gonna finish up the odds of where Brady ends up. The Patriots are favored. Who's the second favorite? Where's San Francisco? Plus, Colin Cowherd got mighty smart, mighty smart. We said a couple of things yesterday, and Colin him, him, said them today, and
1: I feel pretty good about it. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio.
2: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific in most eligible states, age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick slash promos.
3: Covino and Rich here, and whether you're headed to a campus to see some college baseball, meet up with old friends, or show off the alma mater to your kids, spring is prime time in college towns.
4: Go to TireRack.com slash sports to see their Goodyear test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure
3: to check out all their current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
1: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas.
2: And I'm Jonas
1: Knox, voice of you, the fan, coming up here in just a couple of moments. A glimpse into the future, potentially, for one Tom Brady.
0: Yes, we got the odds. Vegas tells the future better than anybody. Thanks for listening. This is the fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Our audience has more than doubled in the last year alone. Thank you so much. You're the reason. Listening, telling your friends about it, and we so appreciate it. You can listen on iHeartRadio. We tell you every day the different ways you can listen. iHeartRadio has an app, super, super popular. You can listen straight out of Vegas right there. Now on the Strip, here in Vegas, 74 degrees, mostly sunny, and the neon is flowing.
1: So, RJ, we've been talking about Tom Brady and his whereabouts. As the rumors and reports continue to come out, the odds are moving based on information or rumors or those exact reports, but what are the Vegas odds now on Brady's next destination?
0: You know, you make a good point. Why do the odds move on these kind of things? It really is an information-driven market, and rumors are information. Sometimes they're true, sometimes not. I found the market tends to overreact to the rumors. Oh, look, so-and-so bought a house. So-and-so's kids got enrolled. Eventually, one of the teams has to be right, and eventually some of the rumors are. I don't think they're very predictive, the rumors, Jonas, but the odds sure shift. So New England, yesterday, minus 200. The odds have decreased for the Patriots. I might have said New Orleans. So New England, obviously, Patriots, They were favored, minus 200, now minus 175. The second favorite, Tennessee Titans, to land Tom Brady, plus 450, four and a half to one. Here in Vegas, the Raiders, eight to one. The Chargers, eight to one. Now, Colin, and we're going to talk about some of his thoughts here in a minute or two, he thought the Chargers making a big move on the offensive line was a sign of them trying to make L.A. and the Chargers an attractive landing spot. What do you think? Yeah,
1: it was the rare offensive lineman for offensive lineman swap. Yesterday (laughs) it was reported the Panthers and the Chargers, Carolina trading away Pro Bowl right guard Trey Turner in exchange, getting left tackle Russell Okung from the Chargers.
0: And does that feel like something to you that makes the Chargers more attractive?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's an upgrade for them. He's a five-time Pro Bowler. You've got an extra year of control as opposed to Okung, who's battled a little bit of the health concerns over the past couple of years. And clearly Carolina was looking to rebuild. They're looking to retool some things there. And I think the Chargers upgraded on the offensive line.
0: And remember, trading is not a zero-sum game. Now what's a zero-sum game, some may ask. It means that the amount of winning and losing amongst the participants all zeroes out. It's a zero sum in the end. So when you play poker with your buddies and there's no rake, it's zero sum. If the winners won 300, the losers lost 300. When you play against the casino in poker, in the casino, against the other players, they rake the game. So that's a negative sum game. In the end... The casino wins every time, and then you guys split up the rest. In football, there can be a positive-sum game. Now, how is that? It's back to the rules. What are the rules of the game? What is your goal? How do you win? How do the Chargers win? It's by getting better immediately. That's what they want to do, seemingly. Well, how does the Panthers? How do they win? Well, It's by getting better in the midterm. They're accepting. You could call it tanking, whatever. They're not going to be great initially, but they'd rather suffer now for benefit later. And isn't that life? You either suffer now for later or you benefit now and suffer later. It's one or the other, Jonas. I don't know if you know that. (laughs)
1: I'm figuring it out.
0: It's cheesecake now (laughs) or a flat belly later. Okay. Chargers 8 to 1. This is the conversation we had yesterday. San Francisco, 8 to 1. They were 12 to 1 the day before, 8 to 1 now. Now, Jonas, would you agree most people yesterday were poo pooing the idea of San Francisco getting Brady and Jimmy G going to New England? I know you were on my side, but the general consensus was oh, no, that's crazy. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, that
1: was majority, I would say.
0: Okay, now I, for the first time, right here in Straight Out of Vegas, RJ Bell said, This makes sense. For the first time of any of these scenarios about Brady, this one makes sense. One of the reasons I said is because Shanahan feels an urgency to win. He's young, might say be patient, but I thought he felt an urgency. This is exactly what I said yesterday. What San Francisco wants. I think they want to win now. Shanahan has zero Super Bowls. Shanahan has lost two Super Bowls. You could make the case the two biggest, I don't want to say choke jobs, but the two biggest team that was in a position to win a Super Bowl and didn't had Shanahan as the head coach and offensive coordinator in two cases. You don't think he wants to get that stink off? You don't think he wants that first Super Bowl? That was yesterday. Now, Colin today was talking about well, pretty much the same thing. Let's listen.
5: Kyle Shanahan, dad's a legend. He's blown a couple of Super Bowl fourth quarter leads. His legacy is not formed. He's brilliant. I love Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan's like, hey, my legacy's not formed. I've lost two Super Bowls. One is a coordinator, one as a coach, and everybody's blaming me for both of them. And I'm not blaming him for both of them. But a lot of people are. And when you're young, I can speak from experience, and your legacy's not quite formed, you get a little tense. It's a little intense. Dad's a legend. Super Bowl losses. But you do get a little drip, 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 drip here with Garoppolo and decision-making and the ceiling. How high is it? He missed that wide-open fourth-quarter throw in the Super Bowl. So it's something. Something. Let's not deny stuff. Okay, so...
0: Another topic that we talked about was the idea of Jimmy G not being something the 49ers was certain of. So, Jonas, we said, if you look at their actions, the way Shanahan called the game, it didn't seem like he had great confidence in Jimmy G. They were running. They were extra conservative. In spots, maybe they should have been less conservative.
1: Yeah, and and that was all throughout the postseason. If you remember, we talked about how few times he threw the ball. What is against the Packers, and that was just sort of the narrative throughout the playoffs.
0: Uh, I, well, I think from some, right? Some yeah. thought, oh, they don't need to throw the ball. You know, they were winning the games. Why throw? And it felt like there were spots that it was more than that. There was less confidence in Jimmy G because the whole premise. Of me liking the idea yesterday was, I'm not sure how much the 49ers like Jimmy G. Everyone said, oh, he's young. He's just as good. Well, I don't know. Well, today, Colin was talking about a similar topic.
5: Kyle Shanahan is concerned that Jimmy Garoppolo's ceiling is lower than he thought, and he's concerned about his judgment. Yesterday, I got a text from an NFL reporter, not Tom Curran, who said Shanahan does worry about the judgment of Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm texted another NFL reporter that says uh, doesn't work in the Bay but has covered the Niners games twice this year, said, yeah, I mean, it's pretty well known in the league that Kyle pulls his hair out sometimes with Garoppolo. That's calling on
0: FSR. Right here with us. So what's the meaning of all this? I think it's Colin's pretty smart. And <laughs> my approach is different. I don't have a bunch of network. Netwo- I don't have a network of scouts, right? Uh, the kind of scouts that like to talk to Vegas guys don't keep their job very long, typically. <laughs> and I love the way Colin leverages his platform to build relationships and get smarter. I mean, I would say initially the premise of our friendship is Colin wanted to understand Vegas better. He lived here. He understood it better than most when it came to media guys. I think he's right at the top of that list. But it was like he liked the idea of saying, well, what about this? What about this? What was this line move about? I consider that an honor to help, and he helped, he's helped me in a hundred different ways in the media, understanding that world. So doesn't at all mean, oh, we said it first. It just goes to show you, though, that if you look at things like a Vegas better, which is, why would this be? What is the logic of this? Is this person rational? And if he's rational, why is he saying this? Why is he doing that? It's pretty much what we do every day. And a lot of people are surprised when they hear that, Half of the listeners of this show, half of the listeners are straight out of Vegas, do not gamble. Because they, as we say many times, sports bettors listen for the money, but the sports fans listen to know more than their buddies. Because Vegas knows things that others don't. And we try to share that with you, and we share it the best we can. And how do we know those things? Inside information? Eh, usually not. Sometimes, rarely. Usually not. It's because every day all we do is look at data and try to find the truth. So when I look at this Brady situation, I look at the 49ers, I saw yesterday the 49ers weren't all that hot on Jimmy G. And I saw yesterday that Shanahan might be a little more impatient than you might think as a young, really respected coach. Because consider one more Super Bowl loss – Especially if it's not with Tom Brady. If it's with Tom Brady, maybe Brady takes a little of that heat. Maybe it's like, oh, well, Brady couldn't win. How could Shanahan win? It's cover, in a way, it's cover. But you go back in with your guy Jimmy G again, if it's next year or three years from now lose again, it's Marv Levy territory in a way. It might be worse in a way because Levy never had big leads in those games with the Bills. So... I'm not sure he's going to the 49ers. I don't even think it's likely, but I think it was instructive to see how a day before, the Vegas analytical approach uncovered with the next day, Collins' networks of scouts and various insiders confirmed
1: felt pretty good jonas what do you think well yeah i mean because you guys take the emotion out of it like that's the problem with a lot of media members We're former fans and there's still an aspect of that to where sometimes emotion gets involved and with bettors you guys don't have emotion which is why you're good at betting and making money on sporting events and the rest of us are terrible
0: well i'll say this there is emotion it's love of money <laughs> that's the emotion
2: be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
0: So, NBA, the future was upon us. Zion, Luca, Jonas, what was your thoughts in the game?
1: Uh, it was a fun game to watch, and I look. Luca is an amazing watch because he can do everything. Zion's just electric. You're watching, waiting for him to do something explosive. And the more I watch the Pelicans, and we're talking about, you know, the Pelicans getting into the eighth seed and their matchup with the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs, I mean, if you paid close enough attention to the Western Conference, as it stands right now, if the playoffs started today, we'd get Clippers-Mavs in the first round, and Luka against Kawhi would be an even more fun watch, I believe. And one
0: of the things we'll be talking about in the next couple weeks is how it is absolutely true. It's not conspiracy. It's absolutely true that NBA teams care about who they play in the playoffs. And if you're the one seed, the two seed, you're looking down saying, who's eight, who's seven? And you think, how do you know, RJ? I'll have some sound. Shaq on the TNT was talking in detail about this, saying Phil Jackson would come up and say, I need you to sit tonight. And it's like, why? It's like he kind of wanted to lose a certain game. Right. Now, is that wrong? I don't think it is necessarily, though it might sound crazy. Wait, he didn't try to win? Well, yeah, he was trying to win a title, Jackson was, and didn't want to compete against Utah, I think Shaq was talking about. We'll have the actual extended sound on that in the next couple days because as we're reaching the end of the NBA regular season, motivation isn't always obvious. And you know what else is? The chance to make the playoffs because you're right, Jonas, about Clippers, Mavs. And obviously, this loss was bad for the Pelicans' playoff chances. But if you look at 538, projecting a website, they're quite good at this, still a 43% chance for the eighth seed for the Pelicans because they have a very easy schedule. Teams above them, it's more difficult. So it looks like it's almost impossible, but it's moving more towards a little less than 50%. I also think, though, Zion has shown us a massive amount of talent, but where has he ever shown us his ability to win? And I'm not saying he doesn't have it. I'm not saying he won't acquire it. And if you look at the coach for the Pelicans, Gentry, his history isn't great. And Steven Jackson was on FS1, and he was talking about You know, just realistically, that Gentry might not be the guy to show Zion how to win. I mean, when did he learn? In high school? So, I mean, this is no indictment on Zion, but he didn't win at Duke ultimately, right?
1: and well and it's a big ask and we talked about it. Like all of a sudden in seasons majority of the season is gone, you've got a bunch of new players you're trying to incorporate into a New Orleans system, and then you throw Zion in there, who's the number one pick of the draft. Like that's that's a tall ask for anybody, especially in the Western Conference when you're already battling against chemistry issues to begin with.
0: I agree. I think that if you say, Is this a-? let's assume we're right that Zion doesn't know how to win yet? And is that an indictment? Is that us being... No. It's a statement, I think, of fact. Does it mean he won't learn? No. When would he have? It might be too early. But it doesn't change. It hasn't happened yet. And what hasn't changed also, I don't know how much the Pelicans care. Because it was the first back-to-back he played. Kudos. But, man, oh, man, at the end of the game, if you look at his shots in overtime, last four or five minutes, he hardly played or hardly shot. Yeah. So, he's your best player... He wasn't the go-to guy late. Can he learn? Can Zion learn that? Yes, but he hasn't learned it yet. When we come back, we got a best bet in college basketball, and we also have a little bit about load management, and we got Nick Wright sound, and I got to be honest, I disagree big time.
1: That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wondered right here on Fox Sports Radio.
3: Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Yokohama Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you
4: or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer
3: reviews. And be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed? Do you notice you're losing a little bit of hair? you shedding a little bit? Well. If you're noticing a little less hair on your head and you're checking your hairline all the time, you got to check out Nutrafol. When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted, whole-body approach.
4: Nutrifold.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com, promo code C R Show. That's Nutrafol.com promo code C R Show.
0: I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out
4: of
1: Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you the fan. So it is that time of the show where we hand out some best bets. And RJ, we start with you and we go to the Eastern Conference.
0: Now, I talked about this yesterday. This game starts at 7 Eastern. Remember, we have our picks at 646 Eastern all five days during the week. Now, my picks, Jonas, we've, we've gone into the thesaurus, or thesaurus, some would say, <laughs> for adjectives to describe how hot I've been. What, what have you landed on as the best adjective?
1: I mean, I still go scorching. It, it just doesn't seem like enough. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with, um, I mean, could we go riveting um, oh, no. Uh, Paul, uh, at least let's just say this.
0: Scintillating. Oh, I like that. Okay. Sizzling, perhaps oh, yeah, we'll even. That, yeah. It's something huge. And all joking aside, guys, I'm very selective with these super duper. How could they lose? Because they make so much sense. They mostly win. It's what I call them props. That's all in quotes. Literally, we've won 10 or 11 straight of these. I only have a couple a month. And here it is. We like it, 7 Eastern, and when I say we, that's me in the royal we where, you know, it's like I'm an entity. Under, under Charlotte, Charlotte and the NBA, their team total. The total is 98 and a half or 98. We'll say 98. We don't need the half. I usually really care about halves. But Charlotte, team total, NBA under 98. Why? It's easy. In the NBA, it is a slog. It's months and months and months and months. A lot of games, a lot of back-to-backs, a lot of hotel rooms, hotel room bars, etc. But occasionally, a coach gets really upset. And if you looked at the video, Coach Malone from the Nuggets was adamant that it was a lack of effort that caused Denver to lose at home a couple nights ago. There's been a couple days off, and... I can't fathom against a team that they're favored by double digits. On the road, Denver is, that they don't clamp them down. Why? Because of intensity and motivation. So we could bet Denver, yeah, but we're going to go with the defensive side that we know they're going to be focused on. Denver to shut down Charlotte, Charlotte team total, Under 98 points, one of my super-duper prop best bets.
1: We've got a best bet in college hoops coming up here in just one moment. want to let you know we are brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day store pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,600 AutoZone locations. Get in the zone, AutoZone. We have a best bet in the Pac-12, 9 Eastern time on ESPN2 from AJ.
0: Yes, AJ
5: Hoffman, college basketball expert. Here he is. Let's go to the Pac-12 for my play tonight. I like Arizona State giving six, hosting the Washington Huskies. This Washington team that had such high expectations early on has fallen off the map with the quad A green injury. The Huskies can't protect the ball without him, sitting at 313th nationally in turnover percentage. Arizona State, on the flip side, has forced more turnovers than anyone in Pac-12 conference play. The Huskies have won just one road game all season, a non-conference game at Hawaii. The Sun Devils have lost just once on their home floor in conference play. Arizona State's top five usage guys are upperclassmen. Washington, not nearly as experienced, just two juniors getting significant minutes. I like the Sun Devils up to seven here.
0: Okay, thank you, AJ. So let's repeat here. Arizona State and the line, you can get five and a half. So we'll call it officially five and a half. Arizona State's at home. That's the pick over Washington. And remember, guys, we share with you every day at 6 Eastern what we believe betters care about. During March Madness, we are going to give you a ton of college basketball. During December, eh, not so much. What are people betting? That's what we're talking about. We don't talk about it only for bettors, but we let our subject be dictated by what betters are talking about. So more college basketball coming up. And we got a crew of experts, A.J. Hoffman from Pregame.com. Best bet Arizona State. That goes at 9 Eastern. My best bat, in a few minutes, Charlotte team total under, we got
1: Fezzik in tomorrow, Joe, and it should be a big show. Yeah, he'll be all over the XFL, I'm sure. We will be oh. back on the air at 6 p.m. Eastern time. We are straight out of Vegas. The Odd Couple is next on many of these Fox Sports Radio affiliates, but you can catch us at Fox Sports Radio
2: and, as always, on the iHeartRadio app. Straight out of Vegas!